Hello and welcome to Automators, the podcast where we talk about taking your tech and making it stand up, walk around and do everything that you want it to, or at least as close as we can get to that. Uh, I'm Rosemary Rochet and I'm joined as always by my pal and co-host David Sparks. How are you today, David? I'm doing great, Rose. Uh, very excited as this show drops. We are getting the uh, iOS 17 and I believe iPad OS 17 releases out the door for everybody. And, yeah, uh, yeah. It's pretty. I think Apple kind of got on top of it this year. They got the iPad went out the same day as the iPhone, and the Mac isn't far behind. So um, I'm really looking forward today to talking about some of the new automation tricks and toys that everybody got. But we got a lot going on. Yeah, we do, and uh, it's it's quite exciting because some of the things that they've brought out. Obviously, you know, there's there's just shiny new hardware and it's titanium and things like that. And I'm sure you'll be talking about that with Stephen Hackett on Mac Power Users. Um, yeah. But um, the the automation possibilities brought by new um, new hardware are actually really exciting. Um, I'm also very excited to see uh, how some of the things from Vision Pro are clearly making their way into other software. Uh, so that that um, pinching your finger and thumb together to do things oh, yeah. on your Apple Watch. I've heard um, that th- there isn't an API for this, that it, this is only available to first-party apps, like you know the native Timer app rather than, say, yeah. Timery. Um, but um, I still think that that's going to be pretty awesome. And I'm very excited to see what I'm going to be able to do with shortcuts with that, because... Yeah, I, I, you know, just tapping my finger and thumb together to run a shortcut, that could be pretty cool. So, yeah, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see on that. But I, I, I might have already bought my new Apple Watch, David. Yeah, you, you need the new Apple Watch with the neural engine on the chip to do that. So if you've got an older one, it's not going to work yet. But you know how it goes. Once they add this to the stack, it's just a question of time till you get an update in a year or two, and then you've got that feature too. But it is totally, in my mind, training us to use the Vision Pro. In fact, one of the comments I made on Mac Power Users is that I feel like Vision Pro was more present in that presentation than I expected. That, you know, they're mm-hmm. making all sorts of hints to it. The whole thing with the camera shooting um, spatial video, I did not expect that this year. And uh, that's cool. But uh, the big automation story for me, uh, out of the hardware is that we got an action button on the iPhone. And oh, yeah. so far that's been a thing that ultra watch owners have kind of been playing with, but I feel like it's so much more on an iPhone. Yes. Yeah. I've, uh, so, um, you know, I, I think we're, we're kind of going to talk about the, the hardware updates and it's going to combine with our upgrades because I've actually, you know, don't get me wrong, folks. I love the ultra, um, but the, the ultra is literally wider than my wrist. Um, so as much as I love having that action button, I've been assessing for the last couple of months, you know, how often do I actually use this? Um, I took a leaf out of my own automation book um, and I created a log in data jar so that every time I ran the, the, uh, the uh, the action button it would it would try and log it into data jar so that I'd have uh, some information so I could see exactly how often I was running it. Okay, um, so just and- to interrupt, just to interrupt, so people are going to listen to that and say, "Well, how did she do that?" Uh, I'm guessing you're just doing an X plus one kind of thing to the data jar. Yeah, so I actually decided to um, just add to list. Um, so I was just adding the current date and time into the list every time just because that way I could see how often I was using it um, and so on. And then I've been, uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to experiment with um, but didn't get around to yet was also tying it into Logger for shortcuts so that I could see exactly what it was running, give myself some more data. Um, But uh, I wasn't using um, Logger for it at that point because, yeah, 
kind of wanted to try and keep it fast, but there there were kind of two problems with the with the ultra button. Number one, um, or the action button on the ultra. Number one, it's it's fun to press. <laughs> um, seems like it shouldn't be a problem, uh, but uh, yeah, I like fidget spinners and things like that. I don't necessarily specifically use fidget spinners, but you know, things like a ring on my finger or something will definitely be used as a fidget spinner. A button on the side of my watch that is big and orange and easy to press definitely fidget spinner worthy. Um, so I found myself pressing it for yeah, fun. I, I, so, so I could see you making like a little shortcut that plays that little, that, kind of that little fart sound on the Mac. That <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't have it making any sound because I was trying to use it for productive purposes. Like, hey, if I'm like in my fitness mode, then start a workout and things like that. Um, but there were a couple of problems. Number one, it's slow to run. I'm hoping that on the iPhone, it's going to be a lot faster to run. Um, and number two, I just realize that if I have my focus modes automatically changed to an appropriate watch face and that watch face has got a complication that will let me run like the shortcut I need or do the action that I need, then what I'm currently using the action button for on my watch is going to be mostly redundant. Um, and so I've been working on curating, you know, my, my watch, um, faces and things like that and seeing, you know, whether or not I could get away with it. Um, and so I've ordered a, a, a pink series nine. I've never, I've never gone for a colored watch before, David, this is a whole new thing for me. Um, but, uh, I'm getting a pink series nine, um, with a Mulberry sport band. Um, because, uh, yeah, I, I as much as I love the action button or the idea of the action button, I find, found myself not using it as much as I thought I would or hoped I would. And it, the performance just wasn't there. However, I feel like on the iPhone, A, we're going to have like all of the shortcuts actions that we have in shortcuts instead of that limited subset that work on the Apple Watch because you've installed the apps on the Apple Watch and so on and so forth. And and B, you know, we've just got a whole lot more power. I mean, there's an A17 processor in the iPhone Pro, so I feel like it's going to be able to do some pretty cool stuff. And uh, I'm hoping that the action button will uh, unlock some new things for me there. Yeah, and I agree with you that it opens a lot more possibility on the iPhone. Uh, I heard from a lot of Max Sparky listeners and Labs members uh, with small wrists that really wanted the Ultra to get smaller this year, and it didn't. And I'm sure that's on Apple's list, but I, I appreciate what you're saying because I, I love my Ultra watch, and I would not give it up. I'm gonna I'm not going to update it. I think the, the new one is cool, but I don't need to, to buy a new Ultra watch every year. Um, but the, uh, but I do think that the action button landing on the phone gives us a lot of possibilities. And I really like the idea of focus modes as a context for that button. You know, you and I talked about that last year in relation to the watch, but I think that lands even harder on an, on an iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in particular, you know, they're taking away the mute switch, which a lot of people are understandably a little bit concerned about because, you know, I, I, I need to be able to mute my phone. Well, you'll still be able to use the, the action button by default. It will actually mute your phone. Um, but, um, you'll actually, by the looks of it, be able to do that using a focus mode, which is really nice. So your focus mode will actually be able to turn on and off silent mode on your device, which is just great. Um, you know, so that even if you've had your phone in, you know, like making noise mode, um, and, and then you, you go into, you know, your, your ultra lockdown, get work done mode, then it will just go into silent and that will be it. Um, unless of course you choose to turn it off and I'm sure we'll also be able to control this in the control center. 
and so on. And I've already spotted there is a shortcut section for this. So we're not going to have a shortage of ways to turn on uh, and off silent mode on our devices. Um, but I feel like being able to jump straight into the camera and things like that, that is going to be really great for a lot of people. Um, you know, I, my my dad still hasn't quite figured out that if he's on the lock screen or he just swipes down to notifications on his phone and then swipes right, he can get into the camera. And so every time he wants to access the camera, he'll like wake up his phone, unlock it, swipe out of whatever app that he's using, possibly use the app switcher to force close the app, which I keep telling him he doesn't need to do. Um, and then like go around on, uh, until he finds the right home screen with the camera app on and then open it. Um, and uh, I really wish he would understand that he can search. I wish he would use the control center or the, uh, start from the lock screen and just swipe right without even unlocking his phone. Um, but he, he has now updated to, I can also use the volume button to take a picture. So I'm going to call this progress and, and just hope for continued progress there. Um, but you know, if, if he gets told when he gets a new phone, Hey, this can open the camera. I think he's going to be pretty excited by that. Um, and he'll set it up to do that. Yeah. What's your, um, like you, you talked about the method to get to the camera fast when your phone is off. And I think that lock screen swipe is, or, or there's even a button there now. You just press the button. Um, I think that's probably the fastest from from zero, from a dark screen. But what, what's your fastest way to get to the phone app? When, I'm sorry, to the camera app when you're already on your device, like you're on a device, like, oh, I want to take a picture. I open notifications and then swipe right in like the time area. That's that's what I do. And then I'm straight into the camera. Yeah, I, I go down to control center and just press the camera button. Uh, one advantage of that is if you long press it, you can get different, you can get to different modes. But mm-hmm. maybe that's not as important now because one of the event, one of the things we learned yesterday is that now you can put um, the you can, like get portrait images out of standard images. So I don't know, maybe maybe your method is probably the way I should be doing it. But the, well, I mean. For me, it's also a case of if I hit the wrong ear on my phone, so to get to notifications, I would swipe on the left ear. If I hit the right ear, then I've got camera and control center as well. So it's 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 a swipe and a tap for me wherever I am, um, and I don't have to be in or out of an app for that to work. Um, yeah. I tend to find myself not long pressing on the, the, the options in control center um, all that much, just because... It feels like the time that I spend doing that and then like choosing which mode I want and going, wait, yeah, I wanted a yeah. portrait. No, I wanted a portrait selfie. I could just open the camera app and 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 tap on the buttons myself and and get there. Um, but at the same time, it is nice for uh folks who who don't necessarily uh, you know, remember um, you know, where the portrait mode is or the portrait mode is a thing, um, to to get that little textual prompt. You know, and I think that that's a great button. I mean, I could see myself even using that under certain circumstances, but if I'm going to set this action button up and I'm sure there's people listening that are, are getting their phones as this, this episode drops, we're dropping this episode the day those phones get delivered. Um, I, uh, I've done these, uh, contextual action buttons before on the watch. I've always done it with a check to the focus mode and then you can have different instructions. Like, if I'm in the Disneyland focus mode, because yes, I have a Disneyland focus mode, that may be one where I want to have it open the camera app if I push it, because I take so many pictures when I'm there. Whereas if I'm, you know, in podcast mode, I don't need it to open the camera when I press the action button. I may want it to start a timer or, 
I don't know, do something else that I do related to podcasting. And uh, I really like that idea of it, of it reacting to me. What's your best um, practice for triggering those rows when people are setting that up? Well, I would, I would take a moment to figure out, you know, what do you need? Um, because it, it is one of those things where you can go, oh, yeah. And so I can have it when I press the mu- button in this mode, then it does this thing. And when I press it in that mode, it does this other thing. Um, but, you know, it's, take a couple of steps back and figure out, okay, so what what do I really need? And what how can I simplify this as well? Because, um, you know, the last thing you want to do is set up something overly complicated that then you're going to be like, ah, why is this not working? Um, you know, over the course of the beta, I've had a number of times uh, where I've got random automations failing and having to figure out exactly which shortcuts automation is failing and why it's failing. It's usually an app update, a pending app update in the background or something like that. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's been a bit tricky to, you know, uh, experiment with those, but think of, you know, what it is that you actually need and then, you know, just, just go from there. And, you know, if you're not sure, oh, I don't know, maybe I need a 10, maybe I need a 15 minute timer, just start by having it open the clock app to the timer tab for example. Um, and then you can refine it as you go, but you know, it is going to be a bit of a process. Um, the, the thing that I would say to make sure of, to start with, what is your sensible default? So if you are not in a focus mode, for example, what should happen? If there's nothing set up for that focus mode, what should happen? What is your fall through? Start with that. And then for everything else, if I'm in this focus mode, do this thing or do these things and then stop shortcut um, and put that stop shortcut inside of the if. Um, and then, you know, you've only got the things that need to happen uh, for that. And then there's your sensible default at the end. But yeah, start with a sensible default and keep it simple is my uh, pro tip there. But in terms of, of setting it up, uh, the, the trick is you trigger a shortcut when you press the action button. And then using shortcuts, you can check for a focus mode. That wasn't always true but it's true now. And then you can set up an if statement based on the response to that, whether there's no focus mode or a focus mode for this or that. I mean, you could also do things like check the weather um, if you wanted to. So you could check if it's sunny or if it's raining and things like that and and do focus mode uh, and do not focus modes. I mean, you could activate focus modes differently depending on the weather if you wanted to. Um, but, you know, you, you can use any anything that, you know, varies. Um, you could get your current calendar event if you wanted to and do things based on that. Um, but yeah, you, you'll need to figure out what the if is and focus modes, I think are a pretty nice one to use. Yeah. Because you've got up to 10 of them and, and you could, you know, there is other ways you could do it. Like you could just do a choose from menu, I guess, because it's on your phone. Mm. You've got a much bigger screen than you would have normally. And, you know, you could have it do something like that as well. But I, I really like the idea of immediate action happening. But what that action is depends on what I'm doing and, and where I'm focused. Yeah. And um, yeah. so that, I mean, I think that's kind of a different philosophy about it. If if you wanted to use a like the choose from menu action, you could say, well, get my 10 favorite shortcuts, the one I do all the time. And just put them on a choose from menu. And if I press the action button, trigger that choose from menu shortcut, and then I can just tap the screen with whichever one I want. And that's two taps instead of one. Uh, mm. But, you know, that's not, I'm not necessarily recommending you do it, but I think for some people that might be 
a good way to do it. But I guess what I'm recommending is use the focus mode as that second tap. It's like, well, whatever I've already put myself into is focus mode, then I'm going to have something different happen when I push this button. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, currently we are speculating, um, to be clear, that it is only one shortcut that you can select, but this is the limitation of the ultra button um, or the ultra action button. You can only run one shortcut. That said, the UI that they they had there, it did seem to sort of imply that there was like a list um, there. There were some sort of up-down arrows next to the open Snapchat shortcut. Who thought of that? Seriously, people? Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I know why they've done open Snapchat. It's to get all the people who aren't super nerdy um, into the, oh my God, I can have a button that just opens any app. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, I feel like they could have gone slightly nerdier with like, you know, trigger a focus mode um or something like that um but i guess snapchat's got easy instant recognition so yeah. you know as long as it gets more people using shortcuts i'm excited about that um, i think like, yeah it's good i think like 95 percent of people are going to turn it on to open my camera and they're going to be done like with my yeah, wife which is one of the default options to be clear you won't even need to use a shortcut for that Exactly. And like for someone like my wife, that's what I would put it on. If it did different things, depending on what focus mode she was in, she would not like that. You know, that would be really hard for her to keep track of. And, you know, so, so the method I'm, I'm advocating for is make it contextual based on your focus mode. So you're not using it to set a focus mode. You're making it reactionary to whatever the current active focus mode is. So, you know, there's just, but you could also do that. If if you like focus modes and you have trouble getting into them, you could make a shortcut that lets you pick your focus mode and, and attach it to that as well. Or maybe you just have two focus modes, work and personal, and you could make a shortcut that just toggles them. And it would, you just press the button and then you've changed your focus mode and there's nothing further to do. I mean, really, this, the sky's the limit. All the stuff we talk about on the show now is capable with a little button on the side of your phone. I, I love it. Um, and uh, we will talk more about this in the future as both of us play with it more. But I, I think it's going to be a real boon for automators that, that get these new iPhones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am going to include a link to a 9to5Mac article, which um, shows folks uh, what is currently available for um, the action button on the iPhone Pro. Um, but I'll, I'll note it here as well as silent mode, focus mode, um, so that is actually the default option, which is really nice. I didn't know that. Yeah. Camera, flashlight, um, voice memo, magnifier, and other accessibility features. Uh, shortcut, and then there will be translate, which will be arriving later this year. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm glad that shortcuts was explicitly called out on stage and like shown right there in the middle of the bottom row um, as one of the options that you can do with this. All right. be, be, without getting deep into all of the details of the new hardware, what are you ordering? Uh, so I've already mentioned I've ordered a pink uh, Apple Watch um, Series 9, um, the 41 millimeters, because the the Ultra hanging off the sides of my wrist is not the, the yeah. limited to the Ultra. This happens with any big watch, yeah. um, and the small one will be pretty much the same size as that. Um, and I'm going to go, David, I'm going Pro Max. This year, yeah. I'm going for the iPhone 15 Pro Max, the the shade of gray that looks like it might have once seen something blue um, instead of the shade of gray that <laughs> appears to have had a bit of a fright um, or been covered yeah. in soot. Because um, yeah. there's four shades of gray this year. Um, I mean, there's only four at least. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going with the one that looks like it might have once known what blue was. 
Um, and uh, I've set up my pre-order for that. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously, uh, as we record this, uh, the order hasn't been placed, but fingers crossed I'll be uh, using it as the show releases. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm also upgrading my storage because uh, I noticed... Um, that when I went to install the the public uh, the the uh, the new release of the beta, it was like, huh, you need to delete some stuff from your phone. I was like, really? And I was like, oh, actually, no, I've changed my mind. You're okay. Um, but yeah, it, it, I'm I'm bumping up against the uh, 256 gigabyte limitations of my phone. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna be uh, getting getting a bigger phone this year in size as well as uh, storage capacity. Did the new camera play a role in that for you? <sighs> Yeah, yeah, I would not be going max um, if they hadn't two things made it lighter because um, the number of times I've potentially near nearly damaged my own face because I dropped my phone on it. Um, it's too high, <laughs> um, but the uh, the Tetra Prism fancy something camera five times optical zoom basically five times optical zoom is something that I just can't pass on like i i i love having actual optical zoom in my pocket all the time um i basically never use my canon point and shoot which has got 20 times optical zoom in or something um like i i'll take it with me on holiday or something but yeah it's if i can get five times optical zoom in my phone i'm gonna be loving that so yeah new new lenses new phone new watch that's that's me what about you you've got a lot of friends i know that are into like um gymnastics and whatnot where i feel like yeah i take acrobatics classes so and I, yeah. I feel like that five times zoom would help for that but the uh yeah i'm getting the shade of gray that is um just gray it, you know, okay. <laughs> the natural one because i like the watch and it's going to match the watch i think that'll be nice um but uh ultra um i'm sorry the pro max I've had the Pro Max for the last couple of years. I'm okay getting the smaller one or the bigger one. My pockets are big enough. It's fine. Um, I'm not really hell-bent on either one, but if one has a better camera, I'm, I'm probably going to get that. And I am not getting a new watch, but I am getting a new watch band. They've got that new water-friendly orange one. I think it'll look very nice with my Ultra watch. Oh, so yeah. I'm ordering one of those. Uh, Daisy made a good comment when we were watching. I watched the highlights with her last night, and she's like, the pink stuff came on. She's like, this is Barbie. She's like, this is here because Barbie. Everybody's wearing pink now. And I didn't think about it, but there's that Barbie movie so popular. I, I can see that that played a role. Pink is everywhere. I had to buy a dress recently to attend a wedding um, that I'm, I'm going to uh, late in October. And yeah. literally, practically everything comes in various shades of pink. Finding something that's not pink is surprisingly hard. Uh, I'm pleased to report I've accidentally purchased three dresses in blue, uh, but they are secondhand. So, you know, I'm doing my part for the environment. This episode of Automaces is brought to you by Vitaly. Customer success teams today are facing a problem. How do they connect customer data back to their work? Vitaly changes that. It's a new kind of customer success platform, an all-in-one collaborative workspace that combines your customer data with all the capabilities you expect from today's project management and work platforms. Because it's designed for today's customer success team, that's why Vitaly operates with unparalleled efficiency, improves net revenue retention, and delivers best-in-class customer experiences. It's the solution to helping your customer success team keep a better pulse on your customers, which maximizes productivity, visibility, and collaboration. You can boost your bottom line by driving more revenue per customer with Vitaly. And if you take a qualified demo of Vitaly, get a free pair of AirPods Pro. So if you're a customer success decision maker actively seeking CS solutions, working at a B2B software as a service company with 50 to 1,000 employees, 
and you're willing to explore changing customer success platforms if you already have one in place, schedule your call by visiting vitally.io slash automators and get that free pair of AirPods Pro. That's vitally.io slash automators for a free pair of AirPods Pro when you schedule a qualified meeting. Our thanks to Vitally for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, Rose, let's talk about some of the new actions we're getting in shortcuts. We've um, speculated, we've talked about some of them that were in the early betas, but now we've got a list um, blessed by Apple of the final new actions we're getting in shortcuts. And I thought it'd be fun to kind of go through that. There is a brand, brand new one as well that only came out in this latest beta, uh, which is obviously because it was under lock and key for hardware uh, reasons. And that's uh, uh, toggle silent mode. Yeah. Um, and that is a brand new action. So that's that's pretty nice. I'm still attempting to install the update on my iPad, uh, unfortunately, um, because when I uh, insert this action into a shortcut on my phone, uh, I get this action is not compatible with this iPhone, which does not surprise me. Um, so instead of just having to if around whether or not um, this is an iPhone, I now also have to if around what kind of iPhone this is. Um, but um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping that this will also work on the iPad. Um, as well, um, maybe even the watch. Um, but yeah, there's a brand new set silent mode button uh, action. Sorry, in shortcuts. Yeah, and I I think that you know if you're an automator, this thing with the the button is only good. We talked about it in the last segment how you can turn it into something special, but also you can just automate silent mode now. Just make a shortcut. It's not that hard. And well, apparently it's going to be in the focus mode filters too. So you're not even going to have to just set up a shortcut for that. Um, hopefully, um, you know, obviously shortcuts are great, but not having to do things with shortcuts is also really nice because clearly they're listening to what people are doing. Yeah. Although uh, how often do you have your ringer volume on at all? So this is one of those things where I will turn it on for what I am hoping is a specific period of time. And then I will want it turned off again after that. Um, so I, my plan is actually to run a shortcut when I turn, you know, to turn um, silent mode off and then ask me like when I want it to turn on um, again. I'm actually kind of hoping, you know, when you long press um, on focus modes, um, or you, you pr- yeah, you tap and hold on like the, the name part of it. And then you tap on the three dots where you've got like for an hour until tomorrow morning, until I leave this location until the end of this event or, yeah. you know, similar things like that, that show up. I'm really hoping we're going to get that in the control center. If we don't get that in the control center, I'm going to build that by myself, um, for, uh, my silent mode. Um, because that's basically what I want. Um, like if I turn silent mode off, it's because like, I'm going to be, you know, going around tidying up the house and, and getting on with things, but I'm expecting a call from my mom or, um, you know, a friend is arriving or something. Um, and yes, I've got the watch and I should be notified when it comes in on the watch. Um, but, you know, if I'm, if I'm, you know, doing things with my hands, I may not notice the vibration, uh, even with haptic mode turned on. So yeah, I tend to turn it on for a bit and then want it off again. And I think this will help. Now, in the focus mode, when you're setting a focus mode under the options, there is an option called silence notifications always or only when locked. Is that new? I, I thought that was there before, wasn't it? I think I think I think that that is um something that um is real I think that's new in iOS 17. I don't have an iOS 16 device. Wait, do yeah. I have an iOS 16 device on hand? Uh, possibly. Um, I'm, I'm just going to have a quick look because 
But, but that is the ultimate kind of automation. It doesn't even require a shortcut. You just go in and throw a setting and just actively use focus modes, and you can really set that silence on whenever you need. Yes. Uh, I have managed to grab an iOS uh, 17 iPhone, um, and uh, I've got options for hiding notification badges and so on, and I'm going to add a filter. Um, and I'm not seeing anything for getting rid of notifications only while locked. Um, there's, um, allow notifications from or silence notifications from, and then there's, there's people, um, as well. Um, but, but that's it. Um, so I think that that is a new feature in iOS 17. Okay. And I've got the, the last beta on the most recent beta. And if you go into options, there is an option where you can silence notifications always or while locked. So I guess that's new. Yeah. All right. It's hard to keep track of this stuff, Rose, but yeah, that, that's some great automation there. Go in when you get in and just use focus modes. I, you know, we did a, a poll in the Max Berkey labs related to the Apple watch. And one of my questions was, do you use the Apple watch to trigger focus modes? And it had abysmally low response rate, that question. And as I got talking to people who answered the poll, I just think not very many people use focus modes. And mm. man, as automators, this is such gold, these focus modes. They make it so easy to... Um, I think a lot of people got burnt by early focus modes where you had to enable every application that you wanted a notification from instead of disabling notifications yeah. from apps that you didn't want. Um, and because of that, it's been really difficult for folks to, to you know, go back to it, basically. Um, I, I would highly recommend that people do because you can even have um, the choice of showing silence notifications on the lock screen or not and hiding notification badges. Um, and that can be really useful, just not seeing badges on this particular app because you're trying to focus on these other things for the for the moment, like the parcel app, for example. Um, I do like to have a badge on it, but I don't want a badge on it when I'm podcasting or when I'm working and, and so on, uh, especially podcasting because, you know, then people are like, oh my gosh, why have you got so many things? It's like a shared Amazon account. Uh, you know, I well, not shared. I order stuff from my parents and grandparents all the time. Um, so yeah, I, I have a lot of pending notifications in parcel all the time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's useful to have that, but I don't want it all the time. And because of that, you know, and being able to dim your lock screen, um, and so on. And quite frankly, even if you don't set anything up, like you just allow notifications from anyone and everything, and you just use it to change like your phone background and things like that automatically, that's, that's a pretty nice use case for this sort of thing. So worth giving it a go. Yeah, and like today as the show drops, you maybe you have a brand new iPhone or maybe you just installed a new operating system on your old iPhone. This is a great opportunity. You can click it in. Uh, we've done shows on in the past. We'll probably cover it again in the future because I just think it's so useful as an automation tool. But like I said earlier, uh, because I mindfully use focus modes, it allows me to make the action button way more powerful for me. So when I go to Disneyland, it can turn on my camera. And when I and making a podcast, it can start a timer or whatever. Like I said, whatever I wanted to do, it can set that up for me. And I love that. Let's get on though. We got, we got more new actions. Um, the, um, there's some cellular control, toggle cellular plan, set default line, set roaming, find cellular plan, reset cellular data uh, statistics. Uh, basically, if you're somebody who travels and uses multiple cellular plans, or if you need to get 
more granular control over your cellular plan, you can now do that with shortcuts. And uh, I feel like this is something that has probably been on the list for a long time, but I, I love to see that they're hitting stuff like this now because it just shows how much more mature shortcuts is getting. Yes. Yeah. This is something that um, I, my parents are going on holiday um, in uh, a couple of weeks. And what I've done is I put, um, so they each have a travel folder uh, on their phones and I have um, set them up with two shortcuts in, and I put them into the travel folder. And one says, um, you know, set up phone uh, for travel. And one says set up phone for home uh, because um, their, their plans have free roaming within Europe. Uh, but they're not going to Europe um, when they go on holiday. So when they're in Europe, they obviously want data roaming on, but they don't want to get astronomical data bills when they're uh, on holiday elsewhere. So I've set it up uh, to uh, turn off roaming uh, for them, uh, which will hopefully, uh, you know, avoid incurring any uh, things. And I was tempted to set them up with an automation as well that says like, hey, uh, where in the world am I? And if I'm not in in Europe, then, um, you know, turn off data, data, data roaming. But I feel like that might accidentally backfire. So, yeah. 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 No, that's great, though. And and uh, some more stuff. Uh, time in general got better shortcut support this year. Timers and, and stopwatches. You know, you can get the timer, pause it, resume it, cancel it. Uh, you know, like I feel like if you were going to start cooking something and you had a series of timers, it would be easy enough now to set up a shortcut. Like, okay, I'm making, starting the gumbo now, you know, set a roux timer, set a timer for this or that, and you could just have it all happen. If you want to be fancy, you could even set delayed start timers where it doesn't start a timer until sometime in the future. Um, I think I always forget, is it the pause or the wait command? I always forget what they call it in shortcuts because I do too many um, uh, automation platforms. But Pausing you can have timer it. and resuming timer. Yeah, but you could, you know, you could set it up so it just, like you could start one now, but then start another one in 30 minutes and just make that whole process automated. And that's the kind of automation stuff that can can really help. And it's not hard. Yes. None of the no. One of the reasons why I love covering shortcuts on the automators is because we talk about some platforms where things are a little complicated, right? And it's a little harder, but man, the shortcut stuff is really easy. It's a, it's a one action, start a timer. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that's missing from the timer actions, and I don't know why this is missing. I have filed feedback on this to be clear. Um, but so now on the iPhone, what you can do is just like you could do on HomePod in the Apple Watch before, you can have multiple concurrent timers and you can give them labels. For some reason, labels not present in shortcuts. So if you wanted to have like a thing that would, I don't know, help you cook uh, a lovely meal um, and it's something that you do on a regular basis and you know this needs to cook for 12 minutes um, and then it needs to rest for two minutes um, and then it needs to bake for 20 minutes, um, you know, whatever it is, um, you can't have it automatically, you know, create the next timer with a label for you. It just creates a timer. Um, and that's the only thing that I feel like is is, is missing, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, aside from that, uh, it does appear to have everything that you might want, um, which is really lovely, um, as long as you can keep track of what timer is what. Yeah, good stuff. If you're doing workouts, again, we got some automation related to workouts this year. End workout, complete your current workout session, and uh, watch OS. So if you want to uh, have a system set in there where, like, if something happens and I need to finish the workout, 
that would, I think, be part of a shortcut that had multiple steps because it's just as easy to end your workout just by tapping your watch or your phone. But if you wanted to have one that says maybe end workout, change focus mode, um, you know, I'm just kind of thinking out loud here as I talk. Uh, you know, send a text message to my significant other saying I'm on the way home from the gym. You could like put something together like that. And before you had to manually stop the workout. And now that can just be one more automated action in your shortcut list. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really nice that, uh, you know, they've, they seem to have understood that the limitations that were previously imposed upon shortcuts um, were, non-intuitive number of times that uh i would you know tell somebody who didn't really know anything about shortcuts about it and they'd be like oh great so can my phone automatically do this when i get to this location uh yes big asterisk if you then tap on the notification that you get and run it and you know they, they they seem to have been looking at that sort of feedback and understanding that you know this this might seem like a security thing but if somebody wants to set this up on their phone and and do it that's what they want to use this stuff for. They don't want to use this for, you know, I don't know, ending a workout and and ending their focus mode at the same time. Um, you know, necessarily it's it's more, you know, when I get to the gym, um, then I want you to open this app for me. Um and things like that. So there we go. The um there's some of the new actions we got, I feel like in hindsight, are because of the action button on the phone. Like there's one says open the camera. Uh, in the camera app to a specific capture mode. So let's say that um, you wanted to do selfies all the time. My kids are really into this. Have you heard of 0.5? Have you heard of this thing? What? Oh, okay, God, so I feel old. Yeah, yeah you, you should, because this is a thing going on with young people, at least in Southern California. They're like 0.5 me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And, but what it means is they open the camera they put the lens in the wide angle view. So it's the front right. facing lens, but they put it at point. It's called 0.5 on the, on the, on the camera selection. So that's why they call it a 0.5. And then they just turn around, they hold it up in the air, flip it around. They hit the volume up button to trigger it. They can't tell if they're in frame or not, but because it's a 0.5 picture, you're always going to be in frame because it's a super wide shot. And then they send them to each other. And that's like a thing that they do, especially when there's groups of them, because it's an easy way to be close to the camera and get everybody in the shot. And uh, that's a thing. Well, you could set up a 0.5 action button based on this new action where you say, just open the camera, you know, open to that mode. I believe you can do lens selection too. I need to actually get the new camera to, uh, or the new phone to, to check it. But th- I thought that was an interesting one. Yeah, so there is um a, a preference um with um the settings now because um this is this is something that they actually mentioned in the keynote and I I saw other things. I'm thrilled that Apple are not sure looking shortcuts, but they are um understanding what people are using shortcuts for um and um you know actually putting that into features. We saw this before with being able to set your watch face based on your uh, when your focus mode starts and so on. But there is um, a setting somewhere for the camera. It may only be on the new phones where you can set your preferred lens um, and things like that. So I feel like, you know, this is this is all stuff that's going to uh, be beneficial for folks uh, when, when they get to uh, enjoy these new devices. This episode of Automators is brought to you by Electric. 
Turning a small business into an empire takes work, and you have to keep your ear to the ground for the things that will help you take it to the next level. But this can be hard when your attention is pulled in different directions, because that's the reality of being a boss. The team over at Electric knows small businesses maybe like yours face these challenges. That's why they're on hand to help with time-consuming parts of your business, like standardized device security with best-in-class device management software so you can implement best practices across the board and be ready to scale. An employee onboarding and offboarding done for you, saving you an average of eight hours per request. Plus, Electric will help you keep a single point of visibility into your IT environment to control your devices, networks, and applications. While simplified reporting allows you to achieve and maintain compliance, and proactive IT recommendations and automated workflows make IT easy to manage, even for non-technical users. And look, if you're hearing this and you think your company could use some of these services, but you're not sure where to start, Electric's experts will guide you through the process of establishing standardized IT processes for your organization. Delegating is so critical. There's a thousand and one things that you can do, but you should be doing the things that only you can do and leaving everything else to everybody else. There are plenty of times where I would have loved something like Electric, and quite frankly, even now, and having dealt with some of my own computer issues earlier today, I would really love Electric to just pass those off to and deal with it and get this solution back. So you should go and check out Electric if you're in a small business and there's IT, then that IT is in-house with somebody wearing all of the different hats. For Automators listeners, Electric is offering a free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones for taking a qualified meeting. Just go to electric.ai slash automators. That's electric.ai slash automators. Go there now to get your free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones today for scheduling a meeting. Our thanks to Electric for their support of this show. So Rose, what are some of your favorites on the new action list that you've been enjoying? Uh, Being able to delete uh, specified alarms and more importantly, find alarms as well. So one of my uh, automations that I use on a regular basis, in fact, I use it every single day, um, pretty much when my work focus mode starts, it goes and finds all of my calendar events for the day um, that are at least work related. And it calculates back three minutes from each of those and it adds um, an alarm three minutes before the start of the calendar event. Cause you know, I, I work from home three minutes is enough time to grab a glass of water or run to the bathroom or whatever, but not enough time for me to be like, I can finish this thing and do that and then be late to the meeting. So, uh, I do that. But, uh, what happens when a calendar event gets canceled? I still get an alarm. Um, so, uh, I've now been able to have, um, you know, some, some, uh, automation set up that I've been playing with different triggers for, but being able to find calendar events for canceled or find alarms for canceled calendar events and delete them. is really nice. And especially when, um, you can also now modify your sleep alarm. Uh, this means that when I have, uh, a day in the office, I can have like a little shortcut that I run the night before that, you know, opens my my uh, checklist and OmniFocus of these are the things that you need to do. And it modifies my alarm for me automatically so that I make sure that I'm up on time um, and at the right location. And just, yeah, that that's really useful for me. Yeah. I think everybody has like alarm inflation, right? Where you open your alarms oh on your phone and there's like 50 of them in there. And uh, now you yeah. can bring automation to bear on this, which I think is nice. Yeah, exactly. Like I've just uh, run the uh, the action, and uh, there were eighty seven alarms just called alarm. Uh, there are no there are no more eighty seven alarms called alarm because I've just deleted them. Um, but yeah, that that's something that's left over from previously. So I'm glad that that's gone away. 
you know, Apple, everybody keeps wondering why Apple doesn't make its own passwords application, you know, because they do have kind of a lot of password management built in. Uh, they did take a step that direction with a new action called show passwords. And you mm-hmm. can have it show you a specific password that it gets from the settings uh, on both iOS and, and Mac OS. So if you've got passwords you want to pull up, you can, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think like maybe if you've got to log in at work or something and you've got to have a password that goes into a different system, you can make a shortcut yep. that shows that yep. to you. Or just, um, you know, like uh, there, there are sometimes where you need like a, a particular code that you then have to enter on a separate device um, or something like that. So getting a, a 2FA code um, from things like that or, you know, other things, um, you know, there's a lot of systems out there with more than one password uh, to them. And so there's this password window and then there's the next window after that where, you know, you've partially logged in. But then you 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 get asked, you know, based on this, you know, answer one of these three questions. Um, and uh, yeah, so being able to open the password to that would be very useful. Early in the beta process, I talked about how they don't have a new action to show a specific tab group in Safari, which made no sense to me. And I said, well, you know, maybe they'll get it in by the end of the beta. Well, they did not. <laughs> That still is not there. I, that, that's yeah. one I, I checked every release because it's just like, because some of my setup automation would be so much easier if I could have it open a tab group for me. I can have a Safari open a tab group, but I can't have it open a tab group on Mac OS as far as I know, but it does work on yeah. iOS for that's, sure. Well, that's what I'm talking about. I'm sorry, on Mac. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because there's the profile support in Safari as well. That's that's something new that's that's come in. Uh, this year. And as far as I'm aware, that doesn't have shortcut support, um, which is kind of a shame. Being able to switch between um, profiles would be really nice, um, but it it doesn't seem to be there yet. Scan documents got a a new action. Scan document, it captures an image and saves it to the files on the iOS app. So if you don't want to buy a scanning app, kind of does it all for you in one step. And this was possible before, really, but this is kind of a consolidation of several steps into one. It makes it so anybody with without a really a lick of knowledge about shortcuts could sit down and and put this into effect. Yes, yeah, it's 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 very very nice to have that as an option because my my mom constantly you know says wait how do I scan a document again so the fact that I'm now going to be able to put a shortcut on her home screen which just says scanner and I can do the same for my grandmother and so on as well she might struggle a little bit with uh, shaky hands but you know the iPad's uh, pretty good this is where having a camera on the iPad is actually useful um, uh, so yeah it's uh, pretty nice that they've been listening for that um, and, and so on and so we, we've got all of, of those options um, and speaking of uh, options, um, health samples have significantly improved. So there was actually a, a thing that ha- that was mentioned in the keynote where now you're going to be able to say to Siri, like, you know, um, hey, Apple lady, I weigh blah, blah, blah today. Um, and that will get logged automatically into health. Um, that's so great because the number of times I've created a shortcut for somebody that will just log their current blood pressure or weight or whatever because they don't have a smart scale or a smart blood pressure monitor or they do have a smart one but it's not smart with health kit support um yeah that's that's just baked into ios now um but um health samples in shortcuts support way more data types um like sleep and mood and your appetite changes and all the menstrual cycle stuff that is there 
as well. So for folks who need that, that's really, really useful. Uh, one that is near and dear to my heart is transcription. One of the big improvements this year, in fact, this is something I'd recommend you give a try as soon as you get the beta, or it's not beta anymore, once you get the public release installed, is try Siri dictation. And I feel like the boy that cried wolf, because every year I tell people, oh, this year it's it's better, you should try it. Which is always true, by the way. It does get better every year, but this year it is demonstrably better. They uh, they uh, use the transformer engine, which is Apple speak. We're saying they're using AI, but the um, the the voice to text dictation is better and faster than it's ever been, and it's got so good that now they've added a shortcut action to transcribe an audio file into a text file. Yes, this is so good. Yeah, I mean, and so you could, you know, there's apps out there that do stuff like this, but now you could just make an action to say, start the recorder, talk through something and spit the text into the clipboard or put it into my favorite app. Um, Have you experimented with this? Well, I, what I've been experimenting with is um, replacing just press uh, record Um, because this is an app. I still love it and I'm still going to be using it to be clear because it is just such a great app where the whole point of Just Press Record is you could record a piece of audio and you could have it do an automatic transcription um, and then you would have both. So if the automatic transcription wasn't perfect, uh, these things never are, um, then, you know, you would still have the audio so you could go back and listen to the words and go, oh, okay, I I know what this meant. Um, It's like uh, the uh, Cortex brand Psychic or Sidekick notepad, uh, right? Where, you know, it they, they were, they, the uh, transcription was getting it wrong. But what you can do uh, with voice memos, of course, is you can um, select a recording um, and uh, and get that. Now, one of the things I have struggled with a little bit is the fact that you can't just get your latest recording. Um, and so you have to like stop the recording using um, shortcuts. And then I think the output of that could be could be used um, to, to actually... Um, uh, transcribe it, uh, but you can certainly select a recording with shortcuts um, and then transcribe the audio from voice memos, which is very nice so that you get your voice memo and you get your text. Uh, you can now go straight into the Photos application and open specific collections through shortcuts. Uh, that's kind of cool. Uh, I haven't played with that one yet. I've just, I'm looking at it here now and thinking, what will I do with this? Well, I think this is really like this is useful for, um, you know, folks who are less technical and get shortcuts put on their home screen by other people. You know, like here's the one to find your password for this. Um, you know, when when you call your bank, your your password is in the keychain. Well, you don't need to remember where that is anymore. Tap on this and it'll ask you. It'll give you your bank keychain. Um, so things like opening a particular collection, you know, you could have like a folder, um, you know, of uh, of collections basically and just have it you know offer to open you know your favorites or your recents or places and things like that um which is you know just a a nice option to have um with this um there's also i've noticed that there are um some donated shortcuts where you can um view photos of specific people um or albums um uh which is really nice to have um as an option i feel it's kind of weird that you can't open a particular album using shortcuts um maybe that's just missing but uh yeah it's uh it's certainly nice to be able to open your collections i wonder uh this would also be really good for like grandparents right here's a picture of all your grandkids and 
maybe even it's something where you can curate it remotely. That'd be nice. Uh, you keep talking about the idea of setting up these shortcut buttons for some of your relatives that aren't as savvy with this. Mm-hmm. So how do you just, what are the mechanics of that? Do you make like a separate home screen with all those on it? I mean, the, at some point they, they need to see their apps as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So honestly, like the people who are less techie um, and, and you know, perhaps need a bit of, hand, uh, of help finding something um, with uh, on their iPhone or their iPad, they tend not to be folks who are super enamored with the idea of the app library. Um, they are all of my apps on my home screen in folders, maybe folders. Some fo- some folks folders is a bit too advanced. Um, so for my parents, they are folder friendly. Uh, they are not app library friendly. So what I do is um, they will have like a folder for like travel apps or train apps or things like that. So if there's uh, a shortcut that I know that they'll they'll be looking for, um, you know, or they'll be looking to access something within the realms of, you know, holiday things or train things or um, parking things, then I'll stick it in there and I'll just do an add to home screen and put it right there um, for them. Um for my grandmother, I have been experimenting a little bit with widgets, um, with, um, you know, those, um, this is specifically on her iPad. Um, so she'll have, um, you know, like a, a bigger widget, which will show like, okay, so this is, you press on this button and it will do this. Um, I'm curious to see if she will do better with the two button one. Um, but on the iPad, the small widget only takes up the same space as one app icon. It's just bigger. So that's, that's quite useful. Um, in that, that perspective, but yeah, honestly, I just, I just make them look like apps and I stick them next to something else that they're going to be looking for and try and give it a good name. Um, I don't necessarily give it the same name as the name of the shortcut that I've created. Um, and the reason for that is then, um, when they search, if they search, um, there's then two different names to help find it instead of just the one. So that can be quite useful. Yeah, and I'd imagine like a creative icon could also be really helpful for someone like that. Yeah, yeah, like for my parents, um, for a home assistant, um, because they have uh, their home in the UK and and then they have uh, their their home in France. Um, uh, so we have home assistants set up at both. They have um, little home icons with um, you know different their different colors, um, very simply, and then that opens the home assistant app to the right country for them, um, whichever one it is that they're looking to tap on. So yeah, it is, it's very useful for things like that as well. One of my favorite, like hallelujah automations is the volume setting. You can address it yes. towards media volume or ringtone volume. Yes. Yeah. Hallelujah. Being able to change your ringtone volume. So useful. Um, and it's also actually helped me solve recently a, a conundrum I was having, David. Um, I was trying to, um, so so the Disney uh, Plus app on your phone has support for Chromecast uh, built in, which is handy because if you're somewhere that doesn't have an Apple TV, there's a fairly good chance the TV will have Chromecast support built in. Or I, I often have a tiny Chromecast um, with me in my in my tech gear pouch, um, you know, if I'm going somewhere, I'm planning on, you know, sharing media with folks like that. Um, but it was always coming through really, really quietly. I've discovered apparently your device volume actually plays a large role in this. So I've now created shortcuts automations that when I open the Disney Plus app, set my volume to 100%, um, which, you know, works around the issue for now. So yeah, that's that's really useful. And I don't have to worry about my uh, ringtone volume being modified unless I explicitly choose to uh, use that setting. And honestly, you could also like to be doubly sure that you don't have something go wrong. 
you could set a shortcut that puts them both at zero. Like maybe your ringtone is turned off, but you accidentally click on a video or something as you're surfing around and suddenly your thing starts blasting, you know, some great jazz, you know, and the other people in the room don't really appreciate that. So, so you can, uh, I feel like this is in some ways a better solution than we've ever had in terms of managing volume. Yeah, it, it, it really is useful that, you know, this is properly, um, an option now that's built into our devices. My daughter did a, she makes, she's a playwright. She writes a lot of plays and I'm always going to see her plays and I have this nightmare that like some, my phone will make some sort of noise, right? Even with the ringer turned off, it's like, you just don't want to be the guy whose phone starts making noise in the middle of a performance. And even though I make a show called automators, my solution has been just turn the phone off and then turn it back on when it's over. And that way I know there's never a problem. I may be tempted to leave it on with with a shortcut like going into the theater shortcut that turns all volumes off yeah yeah uh, that could be uh could be useful and yeah. if you decide that you don't like it then you can actually keep your shortcut and just change it to use the shutdown button um because there's a, the shutdown action that was added it was late in ios 16 of memory serves um yeah yeah so you can you can do that too so much stuff rose we got a lot of you know in hindsight we got a lot of nice you know, quality of life improvements. I've been saying that since June, but like shortcuts is another example of that. Just like little nice touches makes it easier to do stuff with shortcuts. It's just like everything else they've done this year. It feels like everything, they're just kind of sanding down the rough edges. This episode of the automators is brought to you by HelloFresh. Go to hellofresh.com slash five zero automators and use code five zero automators for 50% off plus free shipping with HelloFresh, You get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You can kickstart a fresh fall routine with HelloFresh. HelloFresh handles all the meal planning and shopping to deliver everything you need to cook up a tasty meal right at home. They do the hard part and you get to take the credit. And when it comes to options, more is more. That's why HelloFresh's menu includes 40 recipes and over 100 add-on items to choose from each week. I'm a big fan of HelloFresh. Daisy and I subscribe. Uh, One of the main reasons I do so is because I work from home and my wife works at an office. When she gets home, she's tired, and I like to have dinner on the table, but I don't want to do the same thing all the time. We can't afford to go out to dinner every night, so several nights a week, I make a HelloFresh meal for the two of us, and it's delicious. I like a lot of Asian food because I like the spices in it. I also like Italian, so I pick a lot from those two palates. Mushu pork bowls are really good. We've done that one several times. The peachy keen barbecue rubbed pork chops are also really good. But mushroom ravioli and a tomato cream sauce is also really good and comes together really quickly. Nothing like putting on a good podcast, spending a few minutes and putting together a good meal. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Automators and use the code 50Automators for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. That's all lowercase H-E-L-L-O-F-R-E-S-H dot com slash 50Automators and code Five zero automators to get that fifty percent off plus fifteen percent off the next two months. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit, 
and you should check it out. Our thanks to HelloFresh for their support of the Automators podcast and all of Relay FM. So, David, before we move on to macOS, because there's some great updates for shortcuts on macOS, which we're really excited to talk about, we have to stick on iOS and iPadOS because personal automations, they, we got more of them uh, and they got better. Aside from one, um, and I think it is only the one, which is before I commute, every automation trigger on iPhone and iPad can run immediately without confirmation. So that's Wi-Fi. That's when you arrive somewhere, when you leave somewhere, when you get an email, when you get a message. And then we also got new ones like transactions and so on. And oh my gosh, is this amazing? Yeah, it feels like it's uh, short personal automations, the grown-up edition. Like suddenly they trust us to run triggers without having to have confirmation dialogue place boxes all over the place. Have Have you been taking advantage of this throughout the beta? So I've been playing with this a little bit. Obviously, um, you know, I'd, I'd set up things previously to kind of work around it. So like when my focus mode turns on and things like that, and then, you know, I've actually grown to find that focus modes are the solution for some of the things where it was like, when I get to this particular location, do this thing. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I'm I'm mostly just really excited by the fact that, you know, I can now um, actually say, hey, um, you know, when, um, when, uh, sorry, what was the, what was the word I was thinking? Well, I get an email actually do this thing automatically for me. Um, and you know, you have to choose, um, like a sender or, um, subject or something like that. Um, and, um, I think you have to filter it to a particular account. Um, uh, so I've, I've currently got, um, I've only got the subject and the, the account set up on this one. Um, but you, you have to have either the sender or the subject containing and an account. Um, or perhaps it's uh, perhaps the recipient as well um, might just be one of those options. Um, uh, but yeah, you you have um, basically, you know, so much freedom with this. Um, and this has been really ha- handy for um, a couple of messages where I know like my mom um, will send um, a message uh, to um, like me and my grandmother and then forget to send it to my dad as well because even though i've changed the groups on her phone a thousand times she'll forget to send it to my dad um and so i just have it automatically copy any uh, message that goes to that group over to my dad just so that he gets uh, a copy of it so that that always works out um though i'll have to make sure that i turn that off around his birthday maybe i'll just have a like if it's between a month before his birthday um and his birthday uh don't do that um but uh yeah it's just really nice to have actual automation as an automation option. Yeah, I agree. And this is like on my list. I have been really busy. I I forgot to mention on the show, I released the obsidian field guide. So, Hey guys, I released the obsidian field guide. Uh, In fact, um, I'll put a, um, a little discount code for automators. I'll say automate obsidian. And then you guys get 10% off and they'll go win the show goes out but i i for, i totally forgot to mention it on the show but i've been so busy with that i haven't had time because i've got on a note here personal automation audit i want to go through now that they've given us kind of big boy and big girl tools here and and treating us more like adults i want to like redo a bunch of them and that's hopefully by the time this show publishes i'll already have done a bunch of that but i I feel like this is the year if you've been avoiding personal automations because they felt too tedious, uh, they've removed a lot of those barriers. 
Yes, exactly. And it is one of those things where it was, you know, constantly whenever somebody would say, oh, great. So can it do this? It would always be around like when I get to this location. Um, and it would be like asterisk ish kind of not really. Um, uh, and I wish you could, but you know, now, now that is actually a, a proper option, um, uh, for folks. So yeah, it's, it's great. I think Wi-Fi is the obvious, um, trigger there for a lot of people because usually at home you're on a specific Wi-Fi, and at work you're on a different Wi-Fi. So now you can reliably have a shortcut trigger on Wi-Fi. So when I get home, put me into this focus mode and set up this home screen. And when I get to work, put me in a different one and then do all the cool things you can do with shortcuts. But you've got this reliable trigger. It doesn't nag you. It just turns on. You just have to throw the, the option to run it immediately. And you're good to go. And I feel like that's something we've been waiting for a long time. We were we were talking about that three or four years ago when shortcuts was was brand new and some of these automations were showing up. But now uh, we're the dog that has caught the car, so we need to be using them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me a little bit of uh, an Instagram picture or a video that I saw the other day of a golden retriever that finally caught its tail and didn't want to let it go, but it didn't quite know what to do with it. Um, yeah. You know, we've we've worked around a lot of our our previous requirements um, or, or, or needs um, and come up with solutions to them. But using Wi-Fi um, where possible is, is going to be a, a great uh, solution. I really wish my ballet theater had Wi-Fi um, or the, the place where I go to do ballet had Wi-Fi because um, the location, even though I have set my focus mode to be the absolute smallest location, smallest size possible for that location um, for a ballet, um, it still triggers when I'm in the nearby supermarket. So when I'm in the supermarket, I often end up in my fit- in a fitness focus mode and I'm look- there looking at like my watch going, wait, where am I shopping? Let's go. Oh no. Um, and uh, yeah, that, so I'm, I'm going to have to, uh, I think I'm going to have to implement the same thing that I've done for work there actually where it checks if I'm on holiday or if today's a bank holiday and then turns it off. It should check whether in my calendar, whether or not I have a ballet class and then turn it off. Um, uh, because yeah, if, if, I, if I'm trying to shop, I don't want that. But unfortunately, my Valley Studio does not have Wi-Fi, but everywhere else does have Wi-Fi. And Wi-Fi is just such a smaller location. And GPS has a little bit of a tendency to wander. Um, so, you know, you could be in the same place all night. Literally, your phone may not move for eight hours. But if you were to look at a really precise GPS log of it, it you would be all over the shop. Um, I once walked seven miles in my sleep, at least according to my iPhone. Um, like the, the GPS um, data uh, basically covered seven miles of um, moving around overnight um, while my phone was off. Um, well, it was in, it was charging on my bedside table and I was asleep. Um, so yeah, it's pretty nice that we can use Wi-Fi. Knowing you, I could completely see you going into your ballet studio and setting up a tiny Wi-Fi network simply for your automation. And I, I know that that's like probably already occurred to you and you know, it might be it has, in the works. But the problem with that is like, I would then also have to provide like, the data behind it. Um, And I feel like this is just way too much effort versus I could just program my shortcut to check whether or not I have a class. And if I don't have a class turn off, that seems a lot easier. Something I would like to do is I know we've got some really clever automators out there in the audience. Uh, Now that we've got these really powerful personal automation tools, I would love to hear from you. And if you're doing something cool, like, the wallet transaction, I don't think we even mentioned, when you do a wallet transaction, it can be a trigger, which is kind of cool. 
but the uh, but in particular these these uh, notificationless automations. I know some of you are doing cool stuff. Please write us. There's a feedback form at relay.fm slash automators. Those come to us. I think in a future show, I'd like to share some of the the best ones with the audience. Cause I think a lot of people mm-hmm. are curious about this, looking for ways to do it. Um, I'm going to be spending more time with it. And I'm sure Rose will too, but I'd love to hear what you guys are doing with that stuff. Yeah. I'm particularly excited by the addition of the transaction um, automation uh, trigger for shortcuts um, in because uh, this is this is one that um, you know you can then say okay when I tap um, you know this this card um, you can even filter it to a particular category or you can select all of them you can choose particular merchants if you want um, then you can you know have it run something immediately and uh, I know some developers um, uh, who I've been following uh, who have been working on finance apps and they are really excited um, with some demo shortcuts that they've got ready um, to uh, be be taking advantage of this for logging um, you know your your transactions as you do them when in you know your app of choice so yeah this is gonna be really great Going back to the Mac, we got some updated automations and shortcuts related to window management. And uh, you well, can move. Just before you go to the Mac, David, we should also mention stage manager and displays were our automation triggers on the iPad as well. So that it's a bit more like a Mac to an extent. That's true. That's true. Uh, the the uh, stage manager has blended more between the two platforms, and uh, you can now create that as a trigger. Yeah, this is really great, and of course, uh, the biggie uh, that I completely forgot to mention, and I'm 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 going to shame you, David, for not for not uh, you know uh, pulling me on this. Automations and shortcuts work differently now. When you set up an automation, it prompts you to select a shortcut. This is great. Oh, yeah. uh, I love this. Yeah, because this is this this is so good because. Otherwise, you have to like you you create a blank automation. That's what it is now, which is what all of your previous um, automations will have been converted to. And then you have like a run shortcut action inside of that or something. But now it just suggests running a shortcut for you, which is just huge. So if you send somebody a shortcut, then you can like send them a little video of how to set it up as a personal automation. Um, and they can just select that shortcut and that's it. Done. There's no more need to use run shortcut in inside of the automations. Yeah, and it was confusing before because you had a limited set of actions that they would give you by default. But if you didn't know the trick to run a shortcut, you just felt like you couldn't do as much with it. And now you just pick a shortcut, attach it to the trigger, off through the races you go. I, I'm sorry, I did. Yeah. I let you down, Rose. I let you down. No, it's that. okay, David. Because uh, yeah, especially like the HomeKit uh, actions that you can create in the personal automation screen of shortcuts. Those are the ones that are actually really limited. And then the rest of the time, you just kind of have to go digging around for actions the same way that you do in shortcuts. But it would, by default, not really show you most of the things that you might want, like timery. Duh, of course, I want my timery actions everywhere. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 good that this has made things a little bit easier, especially with um, the, the new kinds of shortcuts that app developers can add, which appear in the gallery um, inside of shortcuts. Um, so that's um, if you if you go to um, sorry, it's not the gallery you go to the shortcuts tab inside of shortcuts and then scroll to the bottom underneath your folders if you've got folders there's app shortcuts that's the ones that i'm talking about um so uh yeah so you know you can have a look at those and 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 play with those and you know that's just something that is you know this is continually getting better and the fact that now you can run a shortcut directly from a personal automation is even better all right you want to talk about the mac real quick 
Yeah, let's do it, because the Mac's got some updates. A couple automations uh, out of shortcuts on the Mac that are kind of interesting to me. We had some window management stuff with the original release of Mac shortcuts, but we got a bit more this year. Move and resize windows. Um, the um, it, it just it's not Moom, but it's it's better than it was. I felt like it was very limited before, and now they're giving you more options and more ways to manipulate windows. So if you want to write window manipulation into your uh, your shortcut, you can do it uh, and have a decent amount of control right out of shortcuts without any third-party apps. Yeah, yeah. I'm still going to be sticking with Moom for this because it can go, hey, this screen was connected. I'm going to rearrange your windows because of that um, yeah. and so on. But, um, you know, the fact that you don't have to download a third-party app so that people can try things out and go, oh, I like this, but I wish I could. And then you can come in with, hey, have you heard about Moom or Keyboard Maestro or whatever app it is that, you know, you you, you want to recommend to solve their problem? That's, yeah, it's it's giving people the taster, right? That's what we want. Yeah, and another one that I never expected to get shortcut control of is Time Machine. Yeah, this is kind of crazy. There's Time Machine backups starting and stopping. Um, and honestly, I feel like this is really great for a, a lot of reasons. Um, you know, there's times that you just don't want your Time Machine um, to be backing up like when you're planning on like taking your Mac with you or something like that or you're trying to do a presentation and there is limited bandwidth on the network and you're also trying to like get files from other places like just stopping your time machine back up um, as part of like you know going into a presentation mode which you could have in like the shortcuts uh, menu bar or uh, if you use something like focus cuts which disclosure I'm, I'm one of the developers behind focus cuts um, you know have that contextually appear in your work focus mode it's yeah, just really nice to have, um, you know, the options there to be able to control this. Um, though I did notice, David, something disappeared in macOS Ventura that I I, I I didn't realize until today, which was um, scheduling your Mac turning on and off um, through system settings. That's gone. It's just disappeared. Um, if you had it set up previously, it still works. Um, and uh, you have to use PM set in the terminal now. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he'll come back at some point through shortcuts automations, perhaps. But that was, uh, that was a bit of a surprise to me when I was trying to solve that problem. Yeah, it is. But, but the, getting back to the time machine thing, like as a podcaster for years, I turn off time machine before we'd record. You just, you just don't want anything weird happening with your computer while you're trying to get a good recording. But then you'd forget to turn it back on afterwards. Well, now... I think what I would probably do is just trigger this off of a focus mode change and say, well, if I go you know what I would do, mode. what I would do is I would trigger this with audio hijack because ah. audio hijack has the option to um, run um, scripts script. for yeah. things and yeah. that can include shortcuts. So you can you could set up automations using audio hijack. So when audio hijack starts recording, turn off time machine or stop time machine. And when it stops recording, start time machine. Um, there you go. Nice and simple. Well, you know, nice work, Apple. Uh, I, I like, like I said, uh, they didn't like rebuild the world of automation this year, but they made it a lot easier in a lot of ways. Uh, hopefully some of the things we talked about today uh, make you want to go and play with it. Uh, it's Friday. You got the weekend. Why don't you go build a cool automation? Share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Something I want to do, I know we were running a little long, but the something I want to do, Rose, is you and I have been sharing pictures with each other lately. 
So let's just switch gears a little bit and share some cool stuff we bought lately. Uh, mine is somewhat related to automation. I'm not sure if yours does, but but I think it's uh, it's very timely given that today is the day the new iPhones are shipping. What'd you buy? Uh, I bought an Anchor battery pack. So Anchor um, have uh, been uh, heavily promoting USB-C this summer. Now, I'm not going to say for sure that they knew something was coming, but Apple definitely do give certain bits of information to, um, uh, you know, certain uh partners of theirs like Belkin um, so that they can have products ready on day zero of the iPhone launch. Um, and earlier this year, I think it was, uh, Anchor released a 5,000 milliamp hour battery pack, which plugged into the bottom of your iPhone. It had a USB-C input uh, output on the side, a button on the other side, four little lights, and then it had on the top a little flip up lightning connector. And I looked at this and went, huh, I like this like as a thing. Um, but I don't want lightning. I, I like, I'm pretty certain it feels like the next iPhone's going to be USB-C. I feel like now's the time I should stop buying lightning accessories. So I didn't buy it. And then Anchor came out with a USB-C one. Um, and they said it was shipping and it was going to arrive between the 13th and the 27th of October. As of the 13th of September, that uh, little battery pack was in my hand. Uh, so that was the day after the iPhone event. Um, so, and it's a lovely shade of a sort of a grayish blue. I think it'll go nicely with the grayish blue iPhone um, uh, that uh, I've, I'm planning on ordering or I've set up my pre-order for and will hopefully be receiving. But yeah, it's just 5,000 milliamp hours. So it'll give me, you know, a bit of extra time. But I love the fact that I can plug this into an iPad. Um, an iPhone, um, or even uh, into an Android device if uh, somebody, uh, you know, one of my friends or or colleagues perhaps needs some charging. Um, and uh, yeah, it's pretty tiny, uh, pretty useful. So I'm pretty excited by that. Well, I mean, so much charges off USB-C now, even like a little microphone or whatever. Uh, so that's yeah. kind of one of the advantages of it. And it's a nice, cute little device because it's got, like you said, it's only a 5,000 milliamp battery. So it's not very big. But it just has a male USB-C plug sticking out of it, so you don't need to deal with a cable. Yeah, and that folds away as well, so it's not going to get damaged. Oh, it folds into the thing? Yeah, yeah, it Ooh. folds in. And also, I should mention, this charges uh, 22.5 watts. So yeah. it's pretty nice. speedy, which is yeah. very nice. So, yeah, uh, excited Rose, by that. You always tempt me. You always tempt me. I'm sorry, David, but you know, I, I did tempt you in, in other ways recently. Uh, because um I mean I've been I've been playing with some upgrades to my my 3D printer and I've been uh, upgrading um, you know, the the board and stuff inside of it to try and make it quieter. And uh I think I think even though I didn't tell you I was doing that, I think that may have um done something to you because yes. you, you seem to have bought a 3D printer. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that automators max. We're gonna talk about automation 3D printing because I feel like there's there's a there's a crossover there. I invested in the flick buttons and I've been having trouble with them. Um, they, uh, they're they just not consistent. And then when you go to change the battery in them, they sometimes just fall apart on you. I, I, I haven't, I don't know why, because they work so good for so long. And I don't know if the batteries are failing, but I've been replacing batteries and they still aren't working as well. Maybe it's my fault and there's something wrong with the, the network. I don't know, but I just decided I got a couple of car buttons in replacement and they're mm-hmm. much more stable for me. So I'm switching those over to a car where possible, but it's the same technique. It's just a button. You can stick it anywhere and you can click it once, twice, or a long press. 
but I have these things all over the place and they're just super useful to turn lights off and on and, and do home automation stuff. And they're not very expensive to buy the Acara one. So I bought like five of them. And like now every desk I sit at, I've got the ability to manage the lights and, and do some automation stuff, but it, it's very basic home automation. But if you have even just the real basic home kit, no home assistant, nothing fancy, just the bare bones home kit, these buttons are totally worth it. And uh, I would yeah. recommend the Acara ones. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're great. They're tiny. Um, I've So I've got small ones. Um, and then I've recently been uh, playing with some of their bigger buttons, the Acara Opal switches, uh, which look a little bit more like a regular European, I guess, uh, light switch. Um, and the, they're, they're large and square, but they can have four or even six buttons on them. But each of those responds to single press, uh, double press, um, long press, and some of them even respond to triple press, which I'm not going for the triple press. Uh, I have enough problems differentiating between the double back tap and triple back tap on my iPhone. Um, though some of that's probably the case that my phone is in and detection, um, there, but, um, yeah, this it's 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 really nice to have those as options, and uh, they just use standard CR two three two batteries as well. So if they're running out, then those little watch batteries, you know, it's not difficult to have a couple of those in a little. Uh, I I like really love those plastic mesh zip wallets. Um, I I I have those for organizing cables. So I've got like one for USB A uh, to Lightning cables, one for USB C to Lightning cables. Guess what? I'm not going to need a lot more of uh, in a couple of weeks um, when this episode airs. <laughs> Gonna be able to pretty much donate those pack, uh, packs to my parents, um, but it's it's really nice to uh, just you know know that okay these are the batteries for smart home stuff and they're labeled and you know you can even stick a post-it note in there that tells you what device is there for. Um, but yeah, that's something that uh, I I love. But don't, I mean, don't you have like AirPods and a couple of? I still have some Lightning stuff around. I, I need the Lightning cables for a while. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have. Um, AirPods, AirPods Pro and AirPods Max, um, which will be using Lightning. Um, and it doesn't look like you can just buy a USB-C case for AirPods Pro, which is kind of sad slash annoying. Um, yeah. But what I actually use, um, at least for AirPods and AirPods Pro, um, I'm not currently using it for the AirPods Max because uh, I usually plug it in by cable uh, when I'm recording a podcast. Um, you know, that very expensive uh, Lightning to um, 3.5 millimeter cable. Um, that you get. Um, but um, what I use for the other two is charge ASAP cables. Um, and so these have like a little magnetic connector that plugs yeah. into the lightning port. And then it's sort of, it's like MagSafe. Um, so I either use that or wireless charging. Like I, I stick it on a, a, a MagSafe charger or um, just a, a Qi charger and off they go. Yeah, it, it is sad how many lightning cables I have accumulated that I don't need anymore. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, that, um, well, that's cool. I'm, I'm glad that you like your battery. I like my switches. This is not automation rocket science, but the little switches, if you've never tried them before, are quite helpful, particularly if you have gone down the home automation lighting, because it's nice to be able to like adjust the lighting very quickly uh, yeah, when you're yeah. entering or leaving a room. Yeah. Also, pro tip for folks, um, if you've got, um, you know, uh, muscle memory for light switches and stuff, you can just stick these um, like on top of light switches and and have them toggle the light 
Um, and so it, it can just automatically, you know, toggle the light and turn it off and turn it on again, um, you know, depending on what mode it's in. So that that's honestly like one of the really basic things I'd recommend that you start with and then go from there with, you know, different light levels and, and colors and stuff like that. But yeah, start with just toggling some lights on and off or opening, um, you know, a blind or, um, you know, turning on your TV even. That could be really useful. Either way, we are the automators. You can find us at relay.fm slash automators. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Vitally, Electric, and HelloFresh. If you're doing something cool with these new automation actions that Apple just gave us, let us know. Like we said, we'd like to feature some of the listeners' interesting automations. So just drop us a note. The feedback form is right there at relay.fm slash automators. And uh, for those of you that are Automators Max supporters, they get the ad-free extended version of the show Rose and I are going to be talking about 3D printing and automation today. And uh, either way, we'll see you next time. Goodbye, folks.